Welcome back to the Decipher Podcast. I'm very pleased today to have Caitlin Bowden and TC Johnson as my guests. They are here to talk about a brand new project that they are—they have been working on with a few other folks um, from the Cult of the Dead Cow. The project is called Valid. Um, I can't believe I pronounced that right the first time, but I'm sure I'll, I'll mess it up later on in the podcast. But thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. And you know, it wouldn't be a cutting edge project if the pronunciation wasn't in question. That's absolutely true. You're right. It can't just be like, you know, new protocol or new co it's, it's gotta be valid. Yeah. As soon as, whenever I saw it in print the other day, I was like, no, that veiled. Nope. Absolutely not. Um, so maybe let's just kind of start at the beginning and just sort of, if you guys could tell me where the idea for this came from, I'm sure it wasn't like one spark. I'm sure it sort of emerged from conversations over time, but what was the original sort of germ of the idea? Um, well, I was uh, still with Badass. I was still running Badass and I wasn't aware of it. I was kind of being looked at as a CDC member. And so various members were reaching out to me and, you know, building friendships and getting to know me a little bit. And, um, you know, Dill had reached out and, you know, we had discussed, you know, maker stuff because I'm into, you know, making things. And so is he. Um, but then he brought up this project that he has been noodling on for a while for a um, distributed peer to peer network um, that is mobile friendly and things like that. And he has worked out a lot of the, you know, tech behind it already. Like he already has figured a lot of the stuff out, but he was like, I don't want to. Um, you know, even consider approaching this unless, you know, I think it could be, you know, built in a safe way. And he's like, and I th feel like you're the person to talk to when it comes to that. He said, because I feel like, you know, this could be a wonderful thing, but it also, you know, could be a giant pain in the butt for everybody. <laughs> and and time-wise, we're talking this is mid-2020. Yeah. Like, like oh, summer, okay. summer 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so, so Dill had been working on it just in his brain for probably a good solid year before that. Mm -hmm. So the project has been in some form of conception for around four years. Oh, wow. Okay. I do yeah. remember, you know, three or four years ago, him mentioning, I've got this idea. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of working on it. He never really said much about it, but he was just like, you know, but he, all, there's always a lot of things going on. Uh, in his brain. So you never really know what's going to, what's going to come out of there and what's going to actually come to fruition. Um, did he, did, or any of you have like a specific use case in mind for this? Like, did you think, okay, here are the two or three or four things that this will be really useful for? Um, I know that we had, you know, when we first discussed it, um, I said, this would be extraordinarily helpful um, if we're making a really good private you know, way for people to communicate for, um, you know, people who are leaving abusive relationships to contact, you know, the people that are helping them get out. Um, I know that's a big, you know, risky um, situation that needs all the privacy you can get. But we also, you know, at the time we were looking at the BLM protests and seeing how they were, um, you know, oh, there was all this OPSEC you had to do to make sure that, you know, if you were messaging people about being there, that your phone, if it got caught or if it got, you know, taken, 
that people aren't going to know every other person that is there. And I was like, this is a thing that needs to happen. Not to mention, um, you know, it had really started to become obvious what Facebook and Twitter were becoming. Yeah. Surveillance platforms. Yes. Yeah. And, and as we, as we spent the first year just working on a theoretical concept, uh, imagining what we could do with it, what it could grow to be. The, the foundation was always that it would be this distributed network of peer nodes, peer to peer nodes. It could be something as easy as your phone that when you install whatever app, you are now part of the network and you're now contributing to the network with, with that base principle being that everything costs something. The reason Facebook is free and Twitter is free and most social platforms are free is because of the ad revenue, right? Just like broadcast television, same thing, right? The reason that's free is because of ads. Uh, we, we decided the, the cost to be involved in the Veda network was just contribution. By, by running a node on the network, you are agreeing to distribute the, the distributed hash table. And later on, once the uh, block store is online, uh, larger, larger format files. Uh, that's, that's the cost. The cost is participation. We've all become so used to being the user for various technologies in one way or the other. And a lot of people, I believe, don't realize what they're trading in order to use things like Facebook or Google. Um, I think that we have a, an, you know, an entire generation at the very least of people that have been um, kind of fleeced and then realize into believing that their privacy doesn't really matter. Or they really bought into that whole, um, well, if you have nothing to hide, then you don't mind if, you know, people are seeing what you're, you know, doing. But the fact is that um, I think there needs to be a lot more education about uh, privacy and what that means. Um, and I think that we need to give people the opportunity and the ability to opt out without necessarily, you know, making it so tech heavy that only those that have a you know deep understanding of the internet and a big comfort level, you know, can do it. We want to make sure that everyone can do it. I mean, look what Mark Zuckerberg built with Facebook. Look at the people that are on there that have never even shown any interest in user in um, social media before. Uh, you know, and now a lot of us are stuck using Facebook because that's the only way we're going to talk to you know, our great aunt or, you know, our mom's friends that we grew up with that moved away and they can see pictures of the kids and things like that. We are kind of stuck there yeah. because they, you know, that's the only thing that has been made accessible to, you know, a large amount of people. So this launch that, that we're doing, you know, as we talk, as we're talking to you now, uh, this, this launch is really targeted towards the development crowd, the, the, the developers. Okay. Uh, what, we're, what we've released is a framework by which applications can be written to use this network. Uh, we've released a few example applications along with that to show how that works. But we are also um, in, in that position where we are also wanting to, to have the flagship app. Uh, we, we're doing everything from a mobile-first perspective. Okay. Uh, the, the example uh, iOS chat app that everyone knows about now, uh, the 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 secret's been pulled off of that. Um, you know, that's that's our first uh, our first run at showing not only what is possible, but we want people to use that as well. We want that application to grow, uh, to be a a known place you can go to to communicate 
privately mm -hmm. and securely with, you know, whoever you choose to. Without sharing your phone number. Without sharing your phone number, without sharing an email address. Uh, without giving it access to your contacts. Um, you know, we, um, we uh, this, this original app, you know, does require you to make connection with someone, you know, through some out of bound, out of, uh, um, out of band. Okay. Out of band, yeah. Sorry. Yep. Uh, you had to make contact with someone to out of band means, whether that's scanning their QR code on their application or receiving an invite from them through some other means. Uh, but what that does in the beginning is it makes sure that you're talking to people that you intend to be talking to, that you know you're talking to, and and you know who that person is. Uh, and and very soon in later iterations, uh, there's going to be uh, uh, not so much in the chat app, but as we move into the more of the social media realm, a way to search for people, a way to find people. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, you know, we think we all felt from the very beginning as we wanted to be a, a core part of this project is to not make, you know, the users the product. That is the biggest deal to us. But that also, you know, everyone wants to know, how are you monetizing this? How are you, know, how are you going to monetize it? And I think the biggest freedom we had was deciding that we're not. We're just not. Um, there are not going to be no ad revenue. There is not going to be any kind of, you know, steady income coming in from this app. We will have the option for people to donate if they want to help us with, you know, some of the costs. But really, we've kept the costs very low. Um, and we really think that that is going to be the one thing that is going to set this apart from everything else, because everything else has been monetized. Everything that you do online is helping some billionaire get you know, a flight to Mars. It is um, lining somebody's pockets that may then, you know, use that money to do things that we don't really particularly want them to. Sure. To me, this is a hacktivism. And since I joined CDC, I realized that one of the most important things um, that I think people really underestimate when it comes to motivation is the need and the desire to feel like you're doing something that matters. I want to invite everyone that wants to do something that matters to be a part of this, to help us build the internet that we should have had, to come join a hacktivism with the CDC. Right. Our call to action on that is to check out our Discord. You know, come, we're, we're setting up, we, we have up now a, sorry, go back. We have up now a Discord that people can join uh, to, to get into the conversation about how this thing develops, how, how it gets built. Uh, we, we want developers, we want hackers, we want thinkers, we want activists. We want trust and safety people. We want people that have an input, people that are just, if you've been using social media for a long um, period of time, you know where the good stuff is. What is the yeah. bad side of things? Yep. You have sat there and thought this is the worst update that, that has ever happened to this app. I wish they never would have done this, or I wish they would have kept doing this, or I love this thing. These are all really usable, you know, feedback that we can all build together. So jump on the GitLab, jump on the Discord. Uh, if you connected with us uh, on the app, on, on Valid Chat, talk to us there. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we want. We want to build community that this thing gets developed in the open and with a mindset of, of good. I like the, uh, there's a few things that you guys mentioned that I wanted to, to sort of hit on. I like the community aspect of it a lot. You know, this is there, you know, there's a ton of sort of community projects in the, in the hacker community, the security community. And, you know, some of them go somewhere and some of them don't, they sort of fizzle out or something like this, but 
this seems to have a lot of a sort of, um, you know, a critical mass of, you know, energy behind it. I think part of that comes from, you know, just sort of the public face that some of the CDC members have and people know the work that you folks have done in the past and they understand that you're in this for, you know, altruistic reasons. As you mentioned, Caitlin, there's not a profit motive. It's, you know, it's not going to be six months from now where you're like, hey, by the way, you owe us $7 a month now because you joined our, our network, you know. We're very proud that we've taken, taken no investment money. There, there are no VCs involved. There's, we don't owe anyone anything. Uh, there's been some, some donations that came in through t-shirt sales and, mm-hmm. and some folks on the team that pitched in to make some, you know, like the party, making the party happen. You know, that was all donation based. So that's how we're going to keep it. Uh, we are the 501c3 now. Mm-hmm. We have the donate, the donate button is live on the website. Okay. Uh, but but we're doing this from a perspective of all all we owe is our our word that we're doing this from a a, a point of of doing good for the world. Mm-hmm. So did, I think one of the easy comparisons that people might make is to signal. You know, especially the the end end encrypted nature of both platforms. Um, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. It's that started out as sort of a you know, a, I don't know. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. It's you know, it's got a lot of the same features. Um, but as as you guys mentioned, you do need to know somebody's phone number. You need to know something about that person to connect with them. And it's always a little disconcerting when I get a signal message from somebody that's not my contacts, and I have to sort of like use context clues to figure out who that person is and whether sure. I need to block them or accept that message. So I, I do like the, the sort of out of band uh, connection mechanism that you mentioned, TC, that that's, a, that's a, a bet, not better, but I, I, at least for me, it's a more comforting way to go, go about it, I think. And, and the way we've designed uh, the, the ID system, uh, you can't ward out it. Uh, your ID, your your raw ID on the network is your private key, and and the hash space for the the or I'm sorry the key space for the cryptography system we're using is so huge that just guessing random ones and trying a even if you found someone you wouldn't have an open communication request from them in the DHT so it wouldn't do any good to hit them anyway. You can't do that. You can't hit that person. Uh, uh, with a unsolicited uh, communication uh, request. It's just designed not to allow that. Um, and two, uh, you're right, Signal is free, but Signal has a monetization as well. They, yeah. they have their, um, their enterprise, I don't know the right word for it is, but they, the, the Signal protocol is licensed out. Uh, it's in other places. Um, and that's part of um, what inspired us to get into this is, is yeah, Signal's great. We love Signal. We're, we've been using Signal for our private chats for this. Yes. Um, but when other companies use the Signal protocol, like, you know, WhatsApp or, or uh, Facebook or uh, iMessage or whoever, sometimes the protocol gets then put behind a, a closed source project. So you, you, you hope that they're using it in the way that is intended and that open source says, but you just never know if it's been tweaked a little bit. There's no way to validate that. And more on the human side, I mean, I know it's always super disconcerting when I get a message that says like, your ex has joined Signal. And I'm like, oh, wow, thanks for letting me know. Um, and I, you know, I think of when I joined Signal and how people got that same message about me. And some of those people might not necessarily be people I want to be having those tabs on me. Yeah. Um, Signal's great. 
they are, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash them. We're not trying to, you know, we're not really in competition with anyone. We're definitely like, there's no reason to be in competition because there's no contest here. I just want to make it easier for everybody to use things. Yeah. Which <laughs> I like that, that motive. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that the the code that you're releasing is open source. You want people to to jump in and contribute. Is there a requirement that you know anything that's built on this protocol also needs to be open source? We um, are looking at how we are going to be approaching that. Um, that is one of the things that we are asking. Uh, is that we um, everybody keep it open source. We also you know have certain ideals that we hope that people use this code for. Um, one of the things that we've been discussing with the foundation is keeping a list of um, projects, you know, public that we uh, approve of that are using the code and that people can keep the tabs on them. Um, and then, you know, also a list of projects that we don't like or that we don't think uh, fit the ideals. Um, we, we've been very, very crunch time heads down getting the, the core software the example applications, uh, those things ready to go for launch. There, there's a lot coming down the pike as far as the, the foundation, what, it, what role it plays. Uh, like Caitlin mentioned, it could do things like um, rating applications for their adherence to our ideals, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Uh, we certainly do hope everyone stays open source with it. Our stuff will always be open source. And that's where we are trying to lead from example. Our chat application, uh, if we release something like, say, an image sharing application or a more uh, microblogging type application, whatever it is we make, is, is going to be open source and everyone will be able to see exactly what's happening uh, behind the scenes, mm -hmm. all the way down to the protocol level. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, um, aside from the, you know, the chat app, what are some other um, usages of the protocol in the, in the platform that, that we should sort of keep an eye out for? So um, as of right now, I believe the chat app by the time this publishes will be out and some people might have that in their hands. So that is a for sure thing, but we've got a million other ideas of ways that this could be used and built upon. Um, you know, a social media app is, you know, definitely something that has been talked about a lot. And uh, that's one thing we are inviting the community to come build with us. But there's also other things that, you know, we really would love to see down the line. I'd love to see some kind of a, you know, a photo storage, uh, you know, something like that happen as well as, you know, we've, I had a great time last DEF CON sitting with Joe Grand and talking about some of the physical, um, you know, components that can be built with this network. Um, and we, uh, you know, would love to see some more of that. I want to see it integrate into everything that it possibly can. I want everybody that has a, you know, a strict knowledge base of this one type of app or this one type of, you know, product, I want them to come in and bring it, bring that knowledge base and let's change the world. We have a, we have a rough prototype of a physical node, a physical device that would be battery powered that could sit in your pocket. And, and a group of these nodes in a same area could build a localized valid cluster uh, that would be independent of the internet entirely. And this could be used in times of, of emergencies, distress, civil unrest, you know, whatever. Um, so we, we see a lot of places this can move into. That's, that's really cool. Cause one of the things I was going to ask you guys about is, you know, 
sort of no matter how well you build this platform and this this protocol and everything like that, you're still relying on the internet in one way or or another, you know, and the internet as for we know is, you know, for now, right. Yeah. But I, I I didn't realize the, you know, what you just described, TC. That sounds really slick. It was actually DEF CON last year. We were sitting at a uh, slot machine just doing one of our noodling sessions, me and Caitlin and Dildog and uh, Caitlin had the brilliant idea of, of shrinking it down to the size of a lighter uh, with a working flick, uh, you know, flint thing and everything. Not so much the fuel tank, right? But uh, this way, you know, if, if it is out there and, and someone is, is at a protest and they get rolled up and put in the back of a car, normally that person is searched and, and a lighter is thrown out because it's a hazardous It's material. not actually illegal to have, but you're not allowed to. It's still contraband. So then that thing would just still be there doing its thing, serving the network. Um, it is, there's a lot that goes into that. But uh, um, anyway, these, these are the kind of things that we we dreamed a lot. And we had a lot of things that we wanted <laughs> to accomplish before this launch. Uh, reality started to kick in. Again, like I said, we, we didn't take any capital for this. We didn't quit our day jobs. Uh, we've been balancing, you know, family, work, you know, everything. That's why it, it, it took the amount of time that it did. Uh, but we we decided we wanted to launch for sure this year. So we just we had a, a brutal session on, you know, what are we going to launch with and then what comes after? So what we have for everyone now is a fully functional distributed hash table uh, that is a, in a self-creating network end to end encrypted by default. Uh, private and safety routes work. Um, it, all the basic uh, functions are there. Mm -hmm. The other thing that, you know, I'm, you may, we mentioned the lighter and we talked about like things that protest and stuff. And that was one of the first ideas, but the, you know, immediately afterwards it was like, why not make it into a lip gloss? And that way, you know, you can only access a certain chat. Say you're leaving a bad partner and you're, you know, want to get in touch with somebody like Operation Safe Escape. You know, we want to get that out eventually and get that in their hands so that they can, you know, help people leave um, bad relationships you know, in an easier private way, safer way. So, you know, there's a ton of use cases. We have been doing a lot of noodling as far as ideas and figuring out every single way that it could, you know, be used and how we can also introduce that to everyone. That's the thing. We don't want to make this, um, you know, something that's only built for tech people. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, you know, if you, if you sit down and read the stories that came out a week or two about this um, and you look at it, you're like, okay, this sounds super sick for people like us, but you know, can my non-tech friends that don't really understand how all this shit works, is it going to be of any use to them? And what you just described, Caitlin, I think it's of you, it potentially of use to a very broad population of people. And you'll see that in, in the chat application that we've released as an example, we were thinking user first, mobile first, you know, people, people access the internet on their phones. You know, that's yeah. that's where it happens these days. And yeah. so we're thinking mobile first. We're once we get uh, uh, home from DefCon, we're rapidly going to start getting our family onboarded mm -hmm. uh, to the test program. Uh, we want we want perspective from all people. You know, we're going to get our our um, multi generational input to make sure it makes sense to everyone, not just us. You know, also, I have um, some serious plans on bridging that gap between um, 
you know, tech people and not tech people and letting them know how important it is um, that their privacy matters. Um, and it's going to matter long after they're gone as well. Um, you know, future generations are going to rely on that. You know, Facebook especially, I, I hate to continually talk smack about them, but they are known for, you know, collecting health data and things like that. And who are they selling that to? Whoever wants to pay money and who would want to pay money? You know, health insurance companies and stuff. We want to make sure that people now are starting to protect their data for generations to come because that's stuff that's going to affect forever. Um, and so educating and talking about that and making them, you know, recognize the the absolute weight of these decisions they're making, you know, that way they're able to make informed consent when they're, you know, creating a profile on whatever social media network we eventually create. Yeah. I like the, the idea of bridging the gap between, you know, not just tech and non-tech, but also the generational uh, gap, because, you know, everybody uses the extremely simplistic example of like, can my grandmother, you know, or my mom understand this, which to me, okay, whatever, you know, my mom would have understood any of this stuff. But I think it, there's also, you know, I have two college age kids and they'll look at this and they'll be like, okay, is it easy to use? Does it do something I care about? Th that's mostly what they care about. Like if it's easy mm -hmm. to use and it has, ha it has utility to them, you know, like you just mentioned, Caitlin, you know, my college age daughter, her and her friends very much care about privacy. Like people are like, oh, young people don't care. Yeah, they do. I have news for you. They absolutely do. Mm -hmm. You know, and for a, a lot, lot of people different don't reasons. have access to the tools to make sure that they're getting to stay private. You know, I view yeah. a lot of these things that we're talking about as accessibility issues. Uh, you know, Web3 in theory was a great idea, but then it kind of got taken over by the coin people and the NFT people. And suddenly it costs a lot of money to do anything on Web3 yeah. at this point. That's an accessibility issue. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. Um, okay, so by the time folks hear this, you everything will will be out, or not everything, but you will have done your presentations at DefCon, and you know, sort of pulled the the veil back. Oh God, that was a terrible pun. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we love a good pun, though. Yeah, by the time people are hearing this, assuming it's Friday afternoon or evening or whatever, yeah. everything should be out. You should be able to go to GitLab now. You should be able to get on the Discord now. Um, Check out the Valid.com. If you want to find out how to get the Valid chat application, um, that information is on the Discord, so go there. Okay. Um, and all of that is available through Valid.com, as well as um, I believe we are going to be we are going to be dropping it on CultDeadCow.com as well. Right. And if you're listening to this and you're at DefCon and it is Friday evening then tomorrow morning at 10 will be a demo lab in the demo areas where we will go over things like uh, how to set up the developer environment, how to run a valid node, how to use the Python library, things like that. And tonight there's going to be a sweet party, so we hope to see you there. <laughs> I wish I was going to be there. I'm very jealous of whoever will be there, but if you're listening and you have time, go. It, I'm <laughs> quite positive it'll be fun. Awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I know you've been super busy trying to crunch and get this all done before DEF CON. Um, those hard deadlines have a way of sneaking up on you, but um, I really appreciate your time and best of luck with all of this. All right. Thank you for talking for with us. us. Yeah. You bet. Talk Take to care. you soon.